All right, welcome back to the podcast. On this podcast, we're going to talk about the Cincinnati Bearcats football team update on the season. And also, we're going to preview the Cincinnati Bearcats men's basketball season of 2022-2023 season. Now, on this podcast, we usually talk about the Bengals. Obviously, it's Bengals season going on. But I've been neglecting my Bearcats for the longest time. And I've been getting a lot of people telling me, hey... What's going on with the Bearcats football team? Are you going to give us your update on the team, your takes, all that stuff? Yes. Since the Bengals on the bye week, thank God, I can talk about Cincinnati Bearcats football. And also now college basketball season is now upon us. Talk about the Cincinnati Bearcats men's basketball team. So don't worry. To to the Bearcat fans that listen to this podcast, I'm watching the games, okay? I'm watching football. Basketball game already has two games in them so far this season. I'm watching the games, but I need to be doing a better job of actually telling you guys on the podcast. So, don't worry. Don't worry. Let's start with the football team, okay? So, to the Bearcat fans out there that thought that last year's team, which went 13-0 in the regular season, lost Alabama in the college football playoff semifinal game, to those fans that thought that this year we're going to do it again as a repeat, you guys have to be realistic, okay? You do realize we lost nine players to the NFL last year. Now, this Bearcats football team of this season is still a good team with good players. It's just not to the high caliber of the NFL players that are playing right now in the league, okay? So, coming into this year, my expectations for this team was between 9, 10 wins, maybe 11 wins, and winning the American Athletic Conference Championship for the third year in a row. And that's what head coach Luke Fickle says. Every, se- every season, going into a new year, you're playing for a championship. And the Bearcats still have opportunity to do that this season. So right now, as we sit... November 11, 2022, the Bearcats are 7-2 on the season. They're 4-1 in American Athletic Conference play. Their losses was to Arkansas, who at the time were ranked number 19 to begin the season. That was the season opener, losing there by 7 points in Fayetteville. And then two weeks ago, the Bearcats lost at number 22, UCF. That snapped the 19-game conference game winning streak. That game was very frustrating because the Bearcats lost by three and they had no business winning that game, but they they got ahead by three and then the defense collapsed in the end, allowing UCF to score the winning touchdowns with minutes to go in that game. So, you know, all good things must come to an end and for the Bearcats to have a 19-game conference winning streak I mean that was incredible so it was a bummer but the Bearcats still can win the championship it's not out of the question now let's go to the quarterback play with Desmond Ritter leaving to go to the NFL last year Ritter was one of the best quarterbacks in Cincinnati Bearcats football history entering Ben Bryant who began his career as a Bearcat for the first two seasons and then left, played one season in Eastern Michigan, and then decided to come back. So far, Ben Bryant's season has been 
how do I put it? It's up and down. And he has a great arm. And he has moments where I'm like, oh, that's an NFL type of throw right there. And then moments where I'm like, what is he doing right there? But overall, Ben Bryant's not a terrible quarterback. I just don't, I think, I don't know how to put him. It's like, it's just very up and down. This is very, he has moments. That's the thing. He's not terrible. And to the Bearcat fans that think that he's the worst, there's some Bearcats fans on Twitter that think that Ben Bryant's the worst UC football quarterback in history. Sometimes I'm just like, I shake my head and then I just scratch my head. And I'm just like, well, why are you guys even fans? Like, why Twitter's, these social media apps are free. I just don't get why people will say shit like that. Especially the collegiate app, collegiate players. One thing I don't get is that there's grown-ass adults tweeting at college kids, telling them that they suck and all that shit. And, and I see that and I'm like, what do you gain at? What do you gain from that? Like really? Like seriously, you're a grown ass adult tweeting at college kids that are 18 to 22 year olds. Like what do you gain at? What do you gain from that? You don't you don't you gain absolutely nothing. So stop that. People need to stop that shit. It's 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 ridiculous. Grow up. Okay, so right now as Ben Bryant's stats sit on the season, he has completed nine 190 passes. For 300 attempts, he has passed for 2,358 yards, 18 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. And like I said, it's been an up and down season for Ben. I believe his best game of the season was against Indiana, especially in the first half. He had like three touchdown passes. I know all those three touchdown passes were to Tyler Scott, who we'll talk about him in a little bit, but... That was like Ben Bryant's best game so far this year in that first half. And lately he's been struggling, but also his receivers are not doing him any favors by dropping passes as well. And to the people that think that the Bearcats need to make a quarterback change, Evan Prater, who is a sophomore, and he's more of a mobile quarterback. Ben Bryant beat Evan Prater to win the quarterback job to begin the season. There's a lot of games where people wanted Prater to go in. If Ben Bryant, he struggled a lot this year. Luke Fickle and company would have made the move to put Evan Prater in and be the quarterback of the team for the rest of the season. But... That hasn't happened because I don't feel like the coaching staff believe in Evan Prater. It is what it is, okay? Brent Bryant's going to be the quarterback for the team for the next four games of the season. we got three games left, including the bowl game, and then maybe, hopefully, five games with got the three left of the regular season. Hopefully, the Bearcats will be playing in the conference championship game, and then you have the bowl season game. So... Ben Bryant's going to be the starting quarterback for those remaining games, barring any injury. It's nothing against Evan Prater. I just don't think the coaching staff believes in him. It is what it is. 
Will Evan Prater be the quarterback of the team next year? I don't know. I don't know. Will he be here next year? I, I think so, but that's just, I'm not really confident in that. He's already going to sit out two seasons, and then he'll be a junior next year, and we already have another freshman quarterback that is in our depth chart, and then he's going to be probably competing with Prater for the starting job next year as a sophomore, and Prater's a junior. And who knows? Who knows? So, I think Ben Bryan will play well down the stretch. That's just the positive fan in me because I'm trying to stay positive on this podcast. I believe he will. I just want him to not have moments where it doesn't seem... There's moments in the games where I'm just like, he doesn't seem like a quarterback. It's like he's making the wrong passes, making the wrong reads. And I'm just like, come on, Ben. I know you're better than that. You are. You have a strong arm. And like I said a couple of minutes ago, his receivers aren't doing him a favor by dropping passes as well. So the Bearcats wideouts need to catch those passes. When Ben Bryant makes those good throws, you got to catch them, receivers. You got to. That's my take on Ben Bryant. And a lot, I know people will have different takes on that. And people will say, well, put an Evan Prater, give him a chance. And it's not going to happen. Okay, running back play for the Bearcats. Charles Chuck McLennan. He has endured a lot in the Cincinnati Bearcats career. He's had two ACL injuries. And this is his, I believe, his fifth year, fifth or sixth year as a Bearcat. And he's making the most out of this. So far this year for Chuck, 114 carries. He has rushed for 727 yards and six touchdowns. Good for him. Like, I'm so happy for him because just just two ACL injuries, and that's just a lot to recover. And for him just to continue to just battle his way back and look at the type of career season he's having in his last season as a Bearcat, it's good for Chuck. I'm really happy for him. We got Corey Kiner, the Roger Bacon standout player, the former LSU player, comes home. And he's been good for us. 66 carries for 298 rushing yards and five touchdowns. The reason why I say he's been good for us, and I, he hasn't been playing lately. Now, they haven't specified that if Kiner's injured or that he could be in the doghouse. I don't know. But I really believe that he should be the Bearcats' go-to running back. I think it should be him and Chuck. I think Chuck is more of the home run hitter when it comes to the running backs. And then Kiner is more of the, the, the bruiser. And he will get you that touchdown run in the goal line on like fourth and goal. I really want to see more of him. But obviously Chuck deserves the more carries because he's having a great season. But also I want to see more of Kiner. And he hasn't been getting a lot of carries lately. So hopefully that changed because the Bearcats are still in position to hopefully win the championship. Ryan Montgomery, who was projected to be the starting running back before the season for the Bearcats, he's dealt with injuries. And so far in this season, he's had 22 carries for 92 yards of rushing and two touchdowns. He's still a focal part on the team when it comes to punt returning and... We're going to need him as well down the stretches too. So all hands on deck for 
everybody on this team. Receiver play. Now, Tyler Scott has been an animal this year. So far for Scott, 42 catches for 686 receiving yards and eight touchdowns. Tyler Scott's really fast, and once you get him in space, he's he's pretty much gone. Like you're gonna lose that battle nine times out of ten as a defender. And he's such a deep ball threat for this team and Ben Bryant's favorite player to look for. And I think Tyler Scott's gonna definitely be playing the NFL. <clears throat> His speed is just really good. Like he has such, he has such amazing speed, and yeah, obviously that's Brian's favorite target. Trey Tucker. I think Trey's about five. Trey's really short, but he's had a good season when it comes to receiving. Forty-five catches for five hundred and thirty yards receiving and one touchdown reception, and then we got Jaden Thompson who has 20 catches for 351 yards and a touchdown reception as well. And then we're going to go to the tight end university. We got Josh Wiley, the LaSalle product, 23 catches for 238 receiving yards and three touchdowns. Nick Mardner, so he's the Hawaii transfer. He has only 16 catches for 183 receiving yards and three touchdowns. Nick, Nick Martin is really tall, guys. He's about, I believe he's like 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. And the Bearcats, when they get to the red zone, they really struggle. And I just don't understand why Martin not in in those plays because Ben Bryant can just throw a jump ball to him. And Martin can just use his height to overpower the defender that he's trying to get to get the touchdown. So I really want him to be involved more on the offense when they get down to the red zone because he's a tall target. And then we got Leonard Taylor, the tight end. He has 16 catches for 149 receiving yards and two touchdowns. Now going into the season, the Bearcats kicking game, and the kicking game has always been suspect for this team ever since Luke Fickle came to Clifton and accepted the job as the Bearcats football coach. Bearcats kicking game just sucks. And Ryan Coe, who's the Delaware transfer, after a shaky start at Fayetteville, Arkansas, he's been really good for us in conference play. He hit five field goals against SMU three weeks ago. And so far in the season, Coe is 13 for 17 with a long of 52 yards. Good for him because that Arkansas game, he missed a field goal and he missed an extra point. No, I don't believe he missed an extra point. He has missed an extra point this season. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. Mm-mm. Another Bearcat kicker stinking. But so far in Luke Vickers' tenure, I think Ryan Code's the best kicker he's ever had. That's saying a lot. Also, Mason Fletcher, the Bearcats punter, one of the best punters in the nation. This guy is just unbelievable. The Bearcats just produce great punters all around. James Smith, the Australian, and now we got Mason Fletcher, who's also an Australian as well. So good for him, and he's definitely going to be playing on Sundays as well. All right, let's go to the Bearcats defense, a.k.a. the Blackcats, led by 
defensive coordinator Mike Trestle. Now, before I talk about the Bearcats defense, back to the Bearcats offense. So the Bearcats have a new offensive coordinator. Pretty sure you guys know who he is. Gino Gadouli, who was the Bearcats quarterbacks coach for a number of years and also played at UC and he's one of the best quarterbacks in history. This is his first season as an offensive coordinator. And let's just say he's a rookie in this level because Gadouli will have games where he'll call great games. He'll make some calls where I'm like, okay, that's a nice design play. Lately, this guy, I there, there'll be times I'm like, there's really no reason for that type of play call or he's being too conservative. Like, ah, it's frustrating. And I know we had Mike Denbrock and he he pissed me off at times. And now he's LSU with Brian Kelly and LSU is like top 10 in the college football playoff rankings. But we don't talk about that. But Denbrock was very conservative and... Lately, Gadouli's been doing that and he's been calling some shitty play calls. And I'm just going to give him the benefit of the doubt because it's his first season as the OC. But I want Gina to do better. I really do. So I'm not going to slander him because I like him and he's been good for us. And we'll see. We'll see. I think this is a, it's obviously a learning season for him as Austin Accordion. I just hope as time goes along and the years go along, he'll continue to be a better offensive coordinator. But to the fans that think that he should be let go after one season, it's just those Bearcat fans are just insane. Cincinnati Bearcats fan base, football and basketball, they are insane. They're like really insane. Like I'm a fan of both teams, hardcore, but I'm also realistic and I I'll tell how it is. But Jesus, I don't wanna I don't wanna like fire somebody but if, but if I see bad play or bad coaching, I'll start to question, but I'm not going to say I'm going to fire them, you know? Like Matt, Mike Denbrock, last season I was saying his time was done. Like he need, we need to move on from him because he was with this team for about four seasons, five seasons. Time needed to change. So to you guys that want Geno to leave, <laughs> it ain't happening, okay? So relax. Okay. <clears throat> on to the defense, led by second-year defensive coordinator Mike Trestle. This defense is led by Ivan Pace Jr., the linebacker, the Miami, Ohio transfer. He is one of the best linebackers in the nation. So far in his season, in his first season as a Bearcat, 96 tackles, 8 sacks, 1 forced fumble. He's tops in the nation when it comes to tackle for losses. Ivan is such a beast. He's not that tall, but man, he's he's very quick. And during the offseason, he wanted to lose some body fat, and he did. And now he feels much stronger, much faster, much leaner. And he's gonna be a pro. And obviously it's it's kind of cool that he gets to play in Cincinnati and get to play with his brother Deshaun Pace, who's also really good as well. So that's really cool, and I'm glad Ivan Pace Jr. is a Bearcat. Also leading the Bearcats in the linebacker room, we got Ty Van Fossen, who has 53 tackles. We got senior Wilson Huber, who has 46 tackles. And the Bearcats' D-line is really good, led by J- Jawan Briggs, the one at Hills. 
product. He has three sacks so far this year. Jabari Taylor, 33 and a half sacks. And then Dante Corleone, who's having a great season, a career season, three sacks. And don't, you know, college football does, you know, fo- fo- like, you know, like in NFL, they do like pro football focus ratings. They do that in college football. He's one of the highest raters in his position as a defensive tackle. Cordial is this season. I did not expect that. So good for him. The Bearcats D-line is really good. They get to the quarterback. The Bearcats are one of the best teams in the nation when it comes to sacking the quarterback. One thing, and this has been a continued pattern for this team, especially on defense, damn it. The penalty yardage. Woo, woo. Ooh, and it just gets me going because some of those penalties the Bearcats do, it's very uncalled for. And it's so this team is so undisciplined. Even a team last year that made it to the college football playoff, they were undisciplined. The year before, when they made it to the Peach Bowl in 2020, they were undisciplined. And Luke Fickle always says that he doesn't want his team to not be aggressive. He wants them to be aggressive, but there's a point where you're you're being too aggressive and you're cautioning your teams when it comes to late hits and being off sides when you should not be lining up in a neutral zone. Like, it's just that sh- that type of shit that really gets me boiling, especially in that UCF game where we had some just uncalled for penalties. So. Bearcats just need to be better when it comes to just being disciplined. They're really, they're like, one, they're, they're like the worst team when it comes to the most penalty yardage in college football. It's a lot of teams in Division I football, damn it. And we're one of the worst when it comes to penalty yards. Like, no, no, that's not good. That's not good at all. It's not. Will they clean it up? Hell, probably not. I really want them to, but Fickle said that he he knows it's an issue, but you got to instill that to your players. Come on. Come on, damn it. I know we're a physical group when it comes to the defensive front. Can't be too physical to the point where you're just costing your teams with these unnecessary penalties. Has to stop. Has to stop. Will it? I don't know. Probably not. But I hope it does for the sake of the team and also this fan base. Okay, so right now, as I record this podcast on Friday, November 11th, the Bearcats have a game against East Carolina tonight under the lights of Nipper Stadium. So the Bearcats finally get a nip at night for the first time this season. That's the 8 p.m. kickoff on ESPN2. East Carolina comes into that game 6-3. and three. Now, three games left. So you got the ECU game tonight, and then the Bearcats go to Temple next Saturday. And then the Bearcats have a huge game to wrap up the regular season. A home game against Tulane, who are ranked number 17 in the college football playoff rankings. And Tulane's having one of the best seasons in their program history. And they're number one so far in the American Athletic Conference. It's between Tulane, UCF, and Cincinnati. So... In order for the Bearcats to somehow win a championship, 
But first, they got to get back to the American Athletic Conference championship game. They have to win the remaining three games. They have to hope that Tulane beats UCF. And those teams face each other on Saturday. And I believe that game's at Tulane. So Tulane wins that game. And then they win their game next week. And if UC takes care of East Carolina, which that'll be a tough game. And then they'll play at Temple. Temple's not good. But for some reason, every time UC plays Temple at Temple at the Eagle Stadium, we somehow find a way to struggle, and we lost there before. So that's game, that game's going to be a struggle. So if you take care of those two games, the game on Black Friday against Tulane will pretty much decide who's going to be hosting the American Athletic Conference Championship game a week later. So... Bearcats do control their own destiny to win a championship. Will they? I'm not sure. But you got two of the remaining three games at Nipper. And the Bearcats have won, I believe, either it's 30 or 31 games in a row at Nipper. So it's been a hot minute since the Bearcats have lost at home. So they got to take care of business tonight. And then you take care of business at Temple. And then... You beat Tulane on Black Friday, and then you play Tulane again, this time for the, for the conference championship game. If you win that game, most likely you'll be playing in a... <clears throat> ooh, damn. Then you'll be most likely playing in a New Year's Six Bowl game. Hope's still alive for the Cincinnati Bearcats football team. Now, the things I want to look for for the remaining three games, please be disciplined. I stated that a minute ago, please. And then I just hope that crowds will show up, especially for tonight against East Carolina. And then I don't really like playing on Black Friday because it's Thanksgiving week and a lot of people are going to be out of town with their families. But I do expect a big crowd for that game because that's going to, that game's going to probably decide a lot for both teams. So. Bearcats do have a great home field advantage in Nipper Stadium. So I just hope the crowds will show up. And then, obviously, I want better quarterback play from Ben Bryant. I want the receivers to catch the ball well. I want the running backs to continue to pound the ball. And, yeah, the Bearcats still control their own destiny. And I know this season has been stressful, but we're 7-2. and two. We're not 2-7, and seven, okay? So... Just look at it as we still control on destiny to win a championship. That's what I believe Luke Fickle is trying to install in those players. And the question is, do the Bearcats have an identity? What is their identity? Is it their defense? Is it their big play when it comes to Bryant finding Tyler Scott? And I don't think the Bearcats, I don't know what is their identity. We know what their identity was last year's. But this year's team is just, I don't know, it's very unknown. Let's hope that they do find their, their identity in these next three games. All right. That is your college football, Cincinnati Bearcats football team update. Don't worry, I'll be talking about more of them, you know, as the week goes on because we're approaching championship season and bowl season. So, yep. All right. This is your Cincinnati Bearcats men's basketball 2022-2023 season preview. So, year two of Wes Miller. 
So last year, West in his first season in Clifton, he had an 18 and 15 record. He was 7 and 11 in American Athletic Conference play. <clears throat> Leader scorer for the Bearcats was David DeJulius, super senior this year, averaged 14 and a half points per game. Jeremiah Davenport averaged 13.4 points per game, and he shot 36% from three. The departures from this team from last year, Mike Saunders Jr. transferred, Mason Madsen transferred, Hayden Koval and Abdul Adu graduated. Newcomers from this Bearcats team this season, <clears throat> Landers Noli II transferred from Memphis, Daniel Skillings, freshman, Kayul Izipke, senior, transferred from Old Dominion, Rob Finesse, senior, transferred from Indiana, and Josh Reed is a freshman. So the key players on this team, Micah Saunders, blah, 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 blah. Micah Adams-Woods, who's been in the Bearcats program, it feels like forever, but this is a senior year, David DeJulius, Jeremiah Davenport, Landers Noel II, Victor Locken, and Josh Newman III. John Newman III. Yeah, see, words are not happening on this Friday. Now, before I get to the key games for this Bearcats basketball team this season, I told people last year that year one for Wes was going to be growing pains. He was the first UC basketball coach ever to start a season 5-0. and And that was great. We crushed Illinois in the, oh, what was that tournament? Oh, my gosh. Damn it. It was a tournament. It was a neutral site. But the Bearcats crushed that Illini team who came into that game ranked 17th. And we blitzed them by 20 points. And then we lost a tough game in that tournament final game to Arkansas, who went deep in the interior tournament last season. And I was thinking to myself, okay, this could be a team that is going to surprise some people. And then as we got into conference play, then we had some injuries to our ball club. It just, there was just ups and downs, and it was just like, it was just rebuilding. Not rebuilding, it was just it was a new team, new culture, new style of play. It was, there was growing pains. But as, you know, the season went along, there was some good moments in conference play. There were some really bad moments. They were able to win a conference tournament game, and they lost to Houston in the second game. So, listen, I knew that first season was going to be up and down. And I think West did a good job. He did the best of his ability. Now, with this season's team, I think this team is going to be better. And I'm not saying this team is going to make the Final Four. I just think that this year's team has more depth. And West did say that they're in better position they were this time last year. And that's true. And I believe him in that. Better depth. I think better players, and I think this team is going to compete. And that's all I want them to see is just you're going to go through a lot. This team is going to be faced with a lot to begin the season right off the gate. Now let's go to those key games, okay? <clears throat> so, so far in the season, the Bearcats are 2-0. They demolished Shamanon on Monday night, and then <clears throat> they beat Cleveland State on Wednesday 
that game was a struggle fest. Jesus. But <clears throat> they won, and obviously they got a lot of things to work on. But the most important thing is they won, and they were in this type. This is That's the type of game this team needs to be in when it comes to when you're struggling and you can't, you know, get the ball into the bucket. You got to find ways to win. You got to find – that's where you grow as a team. That's what Wes was saying after the game, talking to the media. So they're right now the 2-0 the season. And let's go to those key games. The Bearcats will be playing in the Maui Invitational for the first time in about 10 years. 10 years? No. They did play, was it 09? I believe it was 09 because they lost to Gonzaga in the final of the Maui Invitational. I believe it was 09. Yeah. So the Bearcats' first game will be against number 17 Arizona on November 21st. That game is an 11.30 p.m. tip-off on ESPN2. Am I going to stay up on a Monday to watch the Bearcats play until like 1.30 in the morning? You're damn right I am. Is that going to cost me the next day? You're damn well it, you damn well it will. Will I be drinking hella coffee the next day? Damn right. Will it be worth it? I mean, I hope the Bearcats don't get their asses whipped, but if they win, oh, it will be worth it. And then we got the Crosstown Shootout against Xavier on December 10th. That's a 3 p.m. tip-off on ESPN2. <clears throat> One thing I like about Wes Miller is that he cares about this rivalry game. I am not taking a shot at Mick. kind of am. And I like Mick. I like what he did for this program and reviving it back. But Mick didn't really care about UC and Xavier. But I know Wes did. And even though I know we lost, he was fired up during that week of that game and I'm so glad that he cares about this rivaling game because the fans care. Xavier cares. I mean Xavier has Xavier has owned us over the last decade. And that shit needs to end. And I hope the Bearcats beat Xavier this season. I just hope that Wes Miller will have success against Xavier. Which Mick didn't because Mick was four and eight. I'm not trying to bash Mick at all. I'm just saying those are just facts. He didn't care about the Xavier game. I know Wes does. And the players do. So let's hope this season we finally beat Xavier. Okay. American Athletic Conference opener will be against Tulane. That's a 9 p.m. tip-off on ESPN2. That game will be on, I believe it's on January the 3rd. Yeah, the 3rd of January. So that's the American Athletic Conference opener. It'll be a home game. And then the first Houston game. Now, the Houston Cougars are ranked number three to begin the season. That team is projected to many to make the Final Four and potentially win the national championship. And some experts. So the first Houston game will be at home. That'll be on January the 8th at 3 p.m. on ESPN. That's the same day the Bengals wrap up the regular season against the Baltimore Ravens at Paycor Stadium. Let's hope that Ravens-Bengals game will be a night game because I'm trying to go to that Houston first game. So the second Houston game will be away. That will be on the 28th of January. That's a 2.15 p.m. tip-off. And then senior day is against SMU. That's on March the 5th on a Sunday at 2 p.m. 
And then the American Athletic Conference Tournament Championship will be held at the Dickies Arena in Fort Worth, Texas on March 9th through the 12th. <clears throat> and then the preseason polls, Houston, obviously, number one. They got 10 first-place votes. Memphis, number two. They got one first-place votes. And then it goes Cincinnati, number three. Tulane, number four. Temple, five. Wichita State, six. UCF, seventh. SMU, eight. Tulsa, nine. South Florida, 10, and then East Carolina, number 11. So here are my keys for this Bearcats team this season. I think having a go-to scorer like Landers Noel, Noli, I'm sorry, the second will help this offense. And it's been a while since the Bearcats have had a go-to scorer, but having him will help. And also David Julius, he's really good. He was preseason All-American Athletic second team and he was a third teamer last season and i think the julius is obviously the senior leader on this team him and jd and i think he's just going to continue to just get better and better and i think he's going to have a great senior year jeremiah davenport we know he's one of the best shooters in the conference i think he needs to work on his defense um at times last year i was like jd why are you getting beat off the ball like that and if he plays really good defense, that's going to help the team as a whole, as a defending team. So I'm looking for Jeremiah Davenport to hopefully improve in that front. Newcomers, when it comes to just contributing to the team, um, that's going to be big. Defense is always going to be a staple point for the Bearcats. That's always been the culture for Bearcats basketball. And just continue to improve each and every game. There's going to be growing pains but I just hope the growing pains won't be as much as last season because I, I know, I believe that this Bearcats basketball team is better than last year's team. All right, prediction. Where do I see this team winning when it comes to the win range? I say between 22 to 23 wins. I see this team as a bubble team and hopefully a team that could make the NCAA tournament. I think that Landers Noli the second will lead the team in scoring, and I believe the most improved player will be Victor Locken. He's seven foot one, and last season he was hindered by injuries, but now this year he's healthy, and I just really want him to stay healthy because he is such a he'll be such a big component for this team when it comes to just scoring, but also rebounding the ball. Will this Bearcats team have struggled when it comes to getting the rebounds? They really struggled, but in the Cleveland State game on Wednesday. They won that game because they rebounded well. Now, there was times they were getting out-rebound when it comes to the offensive rebound end, but they won that game because they were able to rebound the ball well. They got to do that, especially in conference play. And then the X factor in this team, I believe it's Micah Adams-Woods, and you're telling me, really? Your senior point guard? Yes, because Micah Adams-Woods last season was in the top 15 in the nation when it comes to assist-turnover ratio. He doesn't turn the ball over at all. And at times, he'll try to go for a three-pointer, and he'll clink it off the net, off the rim, sorry. And I'm just like, Micah, no. But I think he's an X factor just because of his leadership and then not turning the ball over, finding the right man. And it's a bonus when, when he scores. If he scores and he gets us like 8, 12 points, oh, boy. That's that's huge. That's huge for this team. 
So that's my X factor. I'm looking forward to the season. I really am looking forward to the college football, college football, college basketball season overall. And I think West is going to have a good team this season. And yeah, I just think that if this team can just continue to just play the style that West wants to play, and you know, you get contributions from everybody. And I think this team, this team can be a bubble team, but I think this team can definitely make the NCAA tournament. And that's just me being realistic. And they're, I think they're going to be in that. Ooh, Selection Sunday is going to be a bitch because uh, if they're they're like in the first four out range, first four in or last four in. Oh man, Selection Sunday is going to be stressful. But it's better than we've been through the last two seasons. So I'd rather be in that stressful situation than not be in a situation where you could make the NCAA tournament. So. Looking forward to Bearcats basketball. Looking forward to see what the football team does in these last three games of the regular season. Hopefully they got hopefully they get two more extra games <clears throat> after the regular season. Alright guys, so that's it for the podcast. And yeah, the Bengals have a bye week. So I will be watching football on Sunday. Not stressing out, just enjoying not watching Bengals because we all need a break. And I know the players need a break as well. But us fans, we need a break as well too. And I'll be back next week <clears throat> to talk about my take on what's the second half going to look for for the Bengals. And preview the Steeler game as well. I'll probably do a podcast. Probably not. But we'll see. We'll see how I'm feeling. But definitely we'll need to make a podcast next week. Just for you guys because... I don't want to go silent for a week. You guys don't want me to do that. But I'll probably talk more about Bearcats football and Bearcats basketball because I know you guys like that. All right, guys. You guys take care. Have a good weekend. And I will talk to you guys next week. Peace.